Praise God. My wife's going to hang up here with me. We're going to kind of go back and forth and teach a little bit this morning. Uh, I, I want to share some scriptures with you. I want to just kind of review for two or three minutes just what we went over last week. Believe this morning uh, particularly is uh, a morning that uh, can be monumental, uh, monumental and life-changing as far as if you can get... Uh, this is just a, a key area of your life that if you can get get this ironed out, it'll really help you or hinder you depending upon how these uh, th this particular area of relationships in your life, who you allow in your life. Uh, this really has, has, a, has a lot to do with uh, the direction of your life and whether or not you reach your destiny. Before we get started this morning, let's pray together and uh, then we'll get into the word. Thank you, Father God. As you said, the entrance of your word gives light and gives understanding that it's a lamp unto our feet, uh, a light unto our path. You said that if we would hide the word of God in our heart, that we wouldn't sin against you. I thank you, Father God, that this morning that we take time to hide the word of God into our heart. I thank you, Father God, for every person here under the sound of my voice, that Father God, that they have ears to hear and that they have eyes to see exactly what you're saying now, uh, to them personally, that you speak personally to every one of them. Holy Spirit, I have no idea uh, what each one of them needs or is going through, but I thank you, Lord, that you know, Lord Jesus, you're the great physician that emotionally, physically, financially, relationally, every area or facet of their life, that, that you're the head of the church and through the Holy Spirit, you can meet every need this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We honor you. Ask you to help this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Praise God. I want you to open up, if you've got your Bible, to Genesis chapter 2. If you were here last week, uh, we started looking at after the Bible says that God formed man from the dust of the ground and then he breathed in the nostrils of Adam and the, he breathed the, the, the breath, the atmosphere of God. He breathed his, his very own breath into him. And the Bible says that he became a speaking or a living soul, that he became a living being. But then last week we saw that, that God took Adam and put him in a garden. He didn't put him in a palace. He put him in a garden. And he really just gave him the tools to turn that garden and make it produce whatever he wanted it to produce. Each one of us, God has given opportunities and he's given us a garden. He doesn't rain down everything that we need. He gives us the tools and the wherewithal. In the New Testament, he's given us the name that's above every name. He's given us the blood. That that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. He's given us uh, supernatural tools. But back in the garden, he gave Adam tools. And he says, this is your garden. This is your specific place that I've designed for you. I've created a place for you. And I believe every person in here and every person that God's created, that he has a place designed for you to fit and to function. And he told Adam, he says, this is your place, the Garden of Eden. And he says, I want you to tend it. I want you to keep it. So he gave him a place. Then he gave him a purpose. And then he explained the rewards to him. He says, listen, every tree is pleasant to your eyes. In other words, it appealed to his senses it was beautiful he says it's also good for your body in other words that that, that that it was actually good not just tasted good but actually there was everything he needed in that place that God created for him it appealed to him it was beautiful it was good for him he told him where the gold of Orpha was he told him where uh, uh, where, where the onyx was so uh, so he, he set him up financially he says listen once you get in the place that I've created for 
you. Everything that you need is in that place. Now, if you get out of that place, then then not necessarily everything you need is is, is going to be there. But as long as you're functioning in God's place that he has you, and as long as you're fulfilling his purpose, he, he there's rewards for you and I. But then he showed him the limitations. He says, you can eat of every tree, but there's one tree you cannot eat. So, so there is limitations and that we see in the word of God from cover to cover. He says, you can do this, but don't do that. This is pleasing, but it's not pleasing. Walk, this is the way, walk ye in it. Choose this day whom you shall serve, life or death, blessing or cursing. We all have a choice, but, but we also all have a garden. And some people, you look at their life and it's productive and it's things are popping off and you're like, man, they're miracle growing. What do they got going on there, man? There are lots of stuff going on. And then other people, Jesus said, listen, their weeds, the cares of this life have taken over their garden. It's choking things out. So right after he gives him a place and a purpose and gives him the reward and shows him uh, the limitation, something very interesting happens. The very next verse is where I want to start this morning. In verse 18 of chapter, chapter 2 of Genesis, and it's, uh, he says, And the Lord said, the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. It is not good that man should be alone. This is the first time in Scripture where we see God's disapproval of something very interesting if you read Genesis chapter 1 and we've looked at this a couple weeks ago the Bible says and God said let there be light and then he saw the light and it was good God said let there be earth and then he saw the earth and it was good God said let there be giraffes or whatever and, and he saw what he said that he was going to see and it was good 10 times we see God speaking then God seeing Speaking came before the seeing, right? Same thing Jesus told uh, Doubting Thomas. He says, blessed are those that believe who don't see. So, so God spoke faith-filled words, and through those faith-filled words, he created. Hebrews 11.3 said that God framed up the world by his words. So he framed up the world. But every time he saw what he said he was going to see, he said it was good. And yet this is the first time that you have a man that's functioning at the highest level possible in humanity if you think about Adam physically there was nothing wrong with him uh, you could say it like this uh, God is the only self-energizing spirit in other words God uh, God is the same yesterday today and forever but but you and I uh, we kind of dim I just did a funeral yesterday for, for a man that had, had a good, wonderful life. But as he got older, his light got lighter and lighter until finally uh, his day ended, being the span of his life, and he died, right? But, but God is not that way. He's the only, he's like the sun. How many of y'all know you don't have to charge the sun? No, you wake up and the sun is there. It self-energizes. That's the way it is. He's not a battery. If you could invent a battery that's self-energized, you would do well and it would be awesome for the church. And If you want to start working on it, that'd be wonderful. You won't have to recharge it. don't have to plug it in. It would be self-energizing. Well, that's the way that, that God is. He is. Well, Adam was made in the image of God, and that's the way Adam is. In other words, there was no, there was no death in him. 
In other words, all of us have dead cells all over us. My wife has this thing that looks like a cheese grater that she rubs on her feet. Don't ask me. And she's got a... Yeah. It's disgusting. She shaves her feet and cheese grates her feet and it catches the kernel. And I don't want to call them kernels. The grate. It, it holds those things in there. One, but we had talked about it. You have a I stone. Like no, 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 no. It's not what is in our shower right like now that you scrub? And you told me yesterday you scrub the dead cells it's off like of a your feet. But it's the it's like a it's a, a brick, pumice, like a pumice stone. But it's not the stone. It's like a spongy thing. Yes, and I and I rub my feet so hopefully it gets any kind of rough skin off. But when you you're go making light of it, like oh, it's rough skin. No, 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 no. no. We had this conversation that day. It's what you're thinking of. When will you go get a pedicure, ladies? Y'all know I'm talking about. They've but it's in my shower. Shaving. I have to step on the. But this is not shavings. The same. No, no, not true. It's disgusting. That is not true. There's no shavings. It's babe. Listen, listen. My my point is, Adam didn't have to deal with that. No dead skin on Adam's feet. He didn't have one going. dead cell in his body. Can you imagine? I was just reading, uh, you know, I was uh, reading on the causes of cancer and stuff, and, and cancer is just broken cells, and your body expels those. They say everybody on the planet is walking around with cancer in their body, but your body naturally expels it. But if it, if it gets hung up, then, then, then these broken cells get together. Uh, Adam didn't have any broken cells. He didn't have any dead cells. He didn't have any dead skin. Nothing was peeling. Nothing was broken. Physically, he was as optimum of a person as you could ever hope, dream, think, or imagine. He was a self-energizing being. He was immortal, was never going to die. There was no death in him. That there was none. Uh, uh, you could say uh, physically that that's what he was. Spiritually, he was a man of God. He walked with God in the garden. He talked with God. He was in the purpose of God. He was in the place that God had designed for him. So you have a self-energizing being that's in the place that God designed for him, doing the thing that God designed him to do. Financially, he was set, right? I mean, he's the only person on the planet God told him where all the gold is. I mean, he, he owned, he had dominion over the planet. And so you can look at every facet of his life and he's operating at the optimum that you could operate. And yet God said there's something missing. There's something, there's something not quite right here. There's a part that, that's missing. And if you've ever created anything and step back and you look at it and you say, something's something's missing from here and you think yeah but this person he, he is the these perfection you've created him in his image how could he possibly be missing and God says listen it's not good something is not good here in other words the purpose that I've designed him to do he can't do it by himself he says, I'm going to, it's not good for him to be alone. Uh, he's incomplete. So I'm going to have to create one, a helper for him that's actually going to Jerry Maguire him. Just kidding. That's going to, have you ever seen Jerry Maguire? You complete me. That's actually going to complete this 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 man, this God man. Now the reason that I have this two-seater bike up here, and you can hop in whenever if you need to. The, the reason that, that, that I was thinking, I was trying to think of a way uh, how to 
uh, effectively illustrate. All of you have seen the, these bikes here. And for just one person to be riding this bike, it's missing something that, that, that needs to be somebody else carrying equal weight, going the same direction, putting effort there so that you could get to the designed purpose. But I, I want to read this and then I'll let my wife. She has something that she looks like she wants to say. His remedy here is he says, it's not good that man should be alone. So God says, I'm going to make a helper comparable to him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call him. Very interesting, God gives him an assignment of naming. And naming something uh, denotes authority. In other words, the Bible says that God named every star. But here, God says, I'm not going to name the animals. I'm going to give that responsibility to you. Over a million species. So you can just think of uh, the mind that Adam must have. Physically, he's hitting on all points. Spiritually, financially, he's in the purpose of God. And yet here, mentally, he, he has the capacity to name and remember a million different species. He says, and, and God says, listen, I'm going to, whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to the beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him or in other words God says listen it's not good for 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 Adam to be alone so I'm gonna look among the creatures that I've created and see if there's one that's capable and yet after he looks among all the creatures he says there's nothing here that I've created that is comparable to him in other words, the whole point of this morning is, is that no matter if you're in the purpose of God, if you're functioning at the highest level in every facet of your life, you still need people. You still need help. Every person in here needs people to fulfill your purpose and your assignment that God has for you. It's going to require more than just you. And God will supernaturally uh, uh, join people to you to help you reach your purpose. In other words, if Adam was functioning at the highest level and he couldn't do it alone, don't think that you're going to do it alone because your brain doesn't have the goods. As much as I love y'all. You, you, you don't have exactly what he had. Now, obviously, in Christ, we have the mind of Christ and we've been redeemed and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but each one of us need people. We need somebody on the back of the bike. And it's important who you get on there with you. How many have ever been on a bike with? They don't even pedal. You look yeah. back at them, they ain't even pedaling. You got people like oh, this. God, you better pedal. What's wrong with you? We're going we're up a hill. Like and they, they just, just, they just look at back. They're, they're not even pedaling. How many ever moved furniture with somebody? Oh, yeah. <laughs> how many ever been a pallbearer and you know that the other people ain't picking up? Yeah. You're like, you're not picking up. You just, you just got your hand on the coffin, right? Same thing. Uh, uh, the, the people God has for you, it's important who you got with you. And some relations you'll have to cut off. Say, I'm going this direction. And you're not going that direction, so I'm gonna. We have to cut this relationship off, and and you have to do it. There's been many people in my life that I've just had. Some of them Christians. They just said, uh, it, "It's not gonna. We, we, it's not gonna work. We, we, we can't go. 
the Bible says that where there's, where there's two vision, there's division. A house divided can't stand. So it's like uh, I'm going this way and you're going that way, and, and I love you. you. You know that I do. But this relationship is gone about as far as it can go. Uh, I'm going on this direction. So, so this is, this is where, where we're going to be looking at, not just this Sunday, but over the next few Sundays, talking about relationships. Each one of us have a casual. Turn me down. What's that funny sound? Each one of y'all, every person in here has casual relationships and then critical relationships. Some casual relationships is your Starbucks lady. I know you may feel like she's a critical relationship. Uh, you know, 8 in the morning, got to have your Starbucks. But she's pretty much a casual relationship. Hey, how you doing? Great. Make me a coffee? Great. Thank you. Give her a tip. But then there's other relationships that are critical. And if you don't get these right, uh, your, your destiny is at stake. Your future is at stake. And the devil attacks critical relationship. Doesn't really attack your Starbucks relationship. But, but he comes after critical relationships in your life because he recognizes this affects not just your future, but if you've got kids or the people that you're in relationship with. So I want to cover some of these things. I've been talking the whole time. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, no. One thing I just want to mention, too, because you went, you talked about how when Adam was functioning at, at his highest possible capability that man ever has or ever will before sin entered him, you know, he had all the creatures there, just like you mentioned. And, and a lot of times we hear today, man's best friend. What do you think of when I say that? A dog. Well, that, there were dogs. He definitely had dogs. Come on. So sometimes we do try to fill that spot in our life with, with something other than uh, a human relationship. We try to fill it with, with an animal. I mean, you've seen the stories on TV about the, the cat lady that has 102 cats, you know, and, and she's trying oh, to Jesus. fill that need in her life. She has a need for relationship with people that she's trying to fill with animals. But still, as much as we love Merle the Pearl, we have a, a great dog. Merle's awesome. He's still... For man's best friend, it's, it's human relationships is where it's at. It's not, not uh, an animal just can't fill that spot. But um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is whenever you said um, about alone, I had looked up in the, in the Hebrew right there. It says alone means the Hebrew word means to be separate or isolated or to disunite or to act independently. That, that cat lady, she becomes isolated. Have you ever had a time in your life whenever you just felt like, I don't want to call anybody today? If anybody comes over, I'm not answering the door. We've had, we've had those days. And sometimes you may need a little bit of space and time to yourself. But if you take too long and you just begin to isolate yourself, you're in that same position that Adam was in when God looked at that situation and said, it is not good for them to be alone. So for you and I, we need, we need people. And so today it wasn't supposed to be kind of like he mentioned, it's not supposed to be a, a marriage teaching, although it's great for marriage, but this really encompasses all relationships, friends, and, and like you said, there's critical relationships, and there's some that aren't as critical. You can kind of, it's important that you learn how to distinguish, you know, between the different types of relationships in your life, because like you said, the devil will try and attack critical relationships, and uh, just like you mentioned about how uh, there may be some people in your life where you come to a point, and you're just like, I don't know, you know, I don't know, you had mentioned about, you know, even Christian people in your life where you're just not sure if we're going in the same direction here. Sometimes you can have relationships like that in your life where you feel like people are just rubbing you the wrong way, but yet God just won't release you from that relationship. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you have a certain person and you just, they, you have to be in relationship with them and they test every inch of your patience? 
Have you ever been in a relationship like that, anybody? That can be a good thing. That can actually be a good thing. It may actually be a test that you need to pass. And until you pass that with this person here, there's going to be another person that comes into your life, and you're going to have that same test to pass, the patience test. So it can cause you to grow. So sometimes there may be relationships in your life where you feel really uncomfortable. Don't just cut it off too quick. You may need to pray about it because it may be an area where God is challenging you to grow. Or there may be something that God is going to give to you through that person. And if you sever that relationship, that important word or that next key that's going to open the next door down your path, if you sever that relationship, you'll never get that key. So sometimes we've, we've all had relationships where you think, I can think of 10 different things I'd like to change about that person. Well, they may not be just like you, but you can still learn from that relationship. You can still grow from that relationship. Well, because I think sometimes people think uh, me plus God is enough. Well, apparently Adam plus God was not enough. Apparently God in his own wisdom said you plus me is not enough. Yeah, you have me, you have a relationship with me, and you have all the tools that I've given you, and yet you and me and the dog is still not enough. A man's best friend is a friend, but he's not, uh, all the creatures, there was none found that was comparable to, to him. So God says, listen, it's not, it's not profitable for any person to be alone, to live alone. Not to say you can't go, you know, take a spa, get a massage, whatever. Obviously, we're not talking about that. But we're talking about uh, uh, separating yourself from people. If you're going to fulfill the purpose of God, it's going to take people it's going to take supernatural relationships that god brings and some of them are good and fun and awesome and some of them aren't aren't very awesome and fun and good but but god draws people and gathers people to you to help you the word there for helper because he says it's not good for man to get to be alone so it says god made a helper or a helpmate for him the word helper means one who assists adaptable suitable and complementary in other words a god knows who's suitable for you and he knows who's complementary for you and he knows uh, how to get uh, the right people around you uh, what's fascinating to me is is whenever god created eve he didn't just make some more dirt and then breathe into more dirt and say, okay, well, here's God man and here's God woman. Now y'all get together. No, he took Adam, the Bible says, and put Adam in a sleep and he created Eve out of Adam. Why would he do that? Well, again, we're created in the image of God and he's taught us and he shows us, listen, you say some things and some things change. You're created in my image. You do the same thing. I took a world that was without form and void and had problems and I I took that garden of nothing and I created it and multiplied it and populated it. And now I'm putting you in your own garden and you're created in my image and I've given you tools. And now you you create and tend and take care of that garden. Here, he, God is a creator. And rather than just do all of the creating, he took Adam and said, Adam, out of you is going to be one that's created. And he chose the rib. Why? Well, because the rib protects the vitals. So God knows how to get the right people around you he didn't take a, a, a hip bone or an elbow no he took he took a rib right here that protected that man's heart and and made one fashion one that was suitable for him and complementary to him 
Come on, and sometimes we go looking for people that really aren't suitable for us. And they really don't compliment us. We just kind of settle when God says, no, I know how to make or fashion just what you need. Just the right person that you need. I know how to bring them to you so that you can fulfill the purpose of God. God alone can supply what we need. God is the one that recognizes, Adam, this is what you need. But then God also is the one that says, this is how you get what you need. God alone can do that. I want to go over these few scriptures here this morning about the benefits or blessings of right relationships. I mean, there's blessings to right relationships. And then there's some not such good blessings they really aren't blessings at all to relationships in your life that, that, don't, that aren't profitable, that don't need to be there. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Yeah, you got it. It says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one, lift, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So right there he talks about, and you can list it, in verse 10, he talks about how if you fall down, you've got somebody around you that can help you back up. I know for, for us, you know, this is my spouse here, and when I fall, he helps me. He covers me. He shields me. He protects me. He does so much. But I can also, I can also mention countless friends that I have that, that may not even live in this in this uh, city but they'll call me and they can tell by the sound of my voice what's going on Liz how you doing or, or they'll just call and just know by, by the tone of my voice if I need a word of encouragement if I need prayer or, or or man just anything a note in the mail I get a card you know a word of encouragement from a friend I don't when do I cards. feel like I'm down Maybe it's a lady thing, but right, when I feel like thing. I'm down, God has always got someone right there to help me right back up again. And then it says that uh, though one may be overpowered by another, if you got two people, you can withstand it. And then the threefold cord is even stronger than that. So it's important to have people around you. There's power in numbers. Number two says iron sharpens iron. Proverbs chapter 27, verse number 17 it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a man will or can, he sharpens the countenance of his friend. There's been people, uh, relationships whoops, in my life that, uh, that, that I didn't care for altogether that much. Because if you've ever sharpened anything, you know most of the time sparks fly. How many of y'all know that? When I go to sharpen the blades on my mower, I get out my Makita. I turn that baby on. What am I doing? I'm sharpening them blades. What, what's happening? Sparks are flying. And uh, it's uncomfortable for that blade in order for it to acquire that edge. But God will keep people or put people in your life that, that will sharpen you or hone you, that will challenge you, that, that keeps you sharp and keeps you uh, with the ability to affect people. 
there's been people ministry-wise in my life that, that they come and they challenge me on certain things. And I'm like, you know, I really don't appreciate this conversation right here. But then later I'll be laying in bed and the Lord will bring back that conversation. And then the Lord will just add to it. He said, now you need to make these adjustments. You, you need to stop this. You need to go this way. And sometimes that's very uncomfortable. Sometimes you don't like those type of relationships. And we live in a world where it's easy just to cut those relationships off i've counseled and talked to people that have gone through separations and divorce actually people uh, that i know very well that that were wanting uh, marital counseling and just said listen if it if if we don't get along we'll just get divorced it was like well you might as well sign the papers now baby because the day's coming when the seat's gonna be left up or the bill's not gonna get paid there's gonna be friction there and if you can't deal with that then it's not gonna it's not gonna work out for you so all of us have opposition and have things that come up but God keeps those people in your life why he's honing you and keeping you sharp the next one says uh, Joshua chapter 2 is some relationships will actually save your life the story here in Joshua chapter 2 I won't read the whole thing this morning is the story of Rahab some of you may know may be familiar with the story of Rahab Rahab was a prostitute not not a good Christian girl here she was a lady of the night right she was a prostitute. That's, that's, what, that's what she did. And yet let, she lived in the city of Jericho. And the Bible says that the nation of Israel sent spies into Jericho to spy out the land. In other words, they're going to destroy Jericho. So they sent spies into the land. And as the spies are going through the land, through the, through the, the city of Jericho, looking for opportunity or ways to destroy this city, the Bible says that the that Rahab took these spies into her home and hid them because the soldiers had found out, listen, there's spies among us. And the Bible says that they knocked on Rahab's door and said, listen, we know that there's spies in our city and we know that they've stopped by your house. But Rahab says, yes, they were here, but I sent them away and they've gone out the gate. And if you'll hurry, I think you can catch them. And the Bible says that, that the soldiers leave and Rahab goes up to the roof and tells these individuals and says listen I recognize God has brought you to this city and I recognize that y'all are going to destroy this city but because I've hidden you because I've gone out of my way to befriend you I'm asking that me and my family not be destroyed whenever you come again and the Bible says that the spies told Rahab they said Rahab take a scarlet cord or a red cord and hang it out of your window and any person that is inside of your home where the red scarlet cord is hanging out of it those people will be spared but if your kinfolks are not in under the room or you could say under the blood the same thing happened in the nation of Israel you remember they had to put the blood over the doorpost whoever was under the blood was saved whoever was under that red cord represents the blood of the Old Testament the blood of Jesus he says whoever is is under the covering of that blood they will be spared and of course you know the rest of the story the Bible says that they came and they destroyed the city but they saved that relationship that she was willing to go out on a limb for 
it actually saved her, the Bible says, her whole family, her whole life. Listen, uh, there's different opportunities that come upon each one of us. And you have to recognize this right here. It may not just be for me or just for today. It may actually affect my kids. May affect my grandkids. We've seen people over the years that, that they get offended and they, that they get upset. And then they'll leave. They'll get out from up under that room that they were in. That, that, place, that, that place that God had designed for them to be. God put them in that place, and they said, I'm getting out of that place, and it cost them dearly. Number four, the last one, the second to the last one is 2 Kings chapter 2, and this just means promotion comes from the Lord. As far as me personally, I worked for a couple years uh, for, for an individual that was really pretty mean. He was uh, pretty rude, and uh, he would say uh, uh, mean things to me, and uh, he was uh, a Christian, Good, strong Christian. How many of y'all know any good, strong, mean Christians? They're good, strong Christians. They're just mean. They're just, just, a, just a, a, a jerk, really. Uh, and and I, I worked for this individual for, for uh, longer than I would have liked. And he didn't, I didn't get paid very well. I could have made more, really, at McDonald's or Walmart and would have been in the air conditioner and would not have to uh, subject myself to uh, him really talking uh, ugly to me. And yet, you know what the, Lord, what the Lord did for me in that situation? Nothing. Didn't really do anything for me. In fact, it seemed like every morning I would get up to pray and I would beg God, let me quit today. And you know what the Lord would tell me? Nope. You know, quit. You know, quit. And I say, God, I could make more money doing less work in an air-conditioned environment and, and not have to subject myself to this garbage. Please let me quit. And for two years, the Lord said, you're, you're not quit. Nail your feet to the floor. You, you will not quit 22 people quit that job while i was there many of them didn't last a month we would have prayer in the morning we would all get in a circle and hold hands it's no joke i'm not lying we would get in a circle and we would pray for the person on the left and right come on he's a good christian guy he's just rude just a jerk so we would all pray together and it got down to the point that just me and this guy named sam were the only ones we were praying like this everybody else had quit and eventually sam quit uh, i stayed there for two years and the lord would not not only would the lord not let me quit but but i would uh while i'm working for this guy uh he would leave the job site and, and i would want to slack off we all know what slack off means it was my job to 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 take care of this area and clean up this area and i would clean it pretty good but i would forget like one little thing on the ground and i'd be like walking out and the lord would be like go back and get that thing that you missed and i'd be like i don't want to <laughs> nobody's here and the lord say no 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 you go back and then uh, lord the holy spirit can be really mean sometimes and he would just give me these scriptures be faithful with the little i'll make you a ruler of the much you got to be faithful with another man's or i won't give you my own so he just hit me with these scriptures if you ever want your own you got to be faithful with this man's so what i do is i turn around and i'd front my way over there and i would clean up that little spot so the lord made me not just uh, kind of do it he made me serve this guy excellently like he was a king he made me yes sir no sir made me show up early and leave late 
He made me, he subjected me to all this junk for two years while everybody else is quitting, going to get other jobs. The Lord just said, you can't quit. You're not allowed to quit and you will not quit. So finally, two years, but finally the next job that I had, the guy brought me in and he said, you work for so-and-so? I said, yeah. He said, how long have you been working there? I said, two years. He said, you didn't quit. <laughs> he already knew. He already knew. He said, you didn't quit? I said, no, sir, I, I didn't quit. I, I wouldn't quit. I refused to quit. And he says, and he gave me the job that, that other people wanted. I got that particular job just because why? Well, because the Lord just held me in that place that I didn't want to be. Didn't like it, and yet he made me stay there and work hard and be better. Promotion comes from the Lord, Second Kings chapter 2, that story of Elisha and Elijah. The Bible says that Elisha served Elisha, that he would uh, do whatever he wanted him to do. He just served him. But the day came, the Bible says, that, that Elisha is about to be uh, carried up. Uh, carried up by a chariot. The Bible says that a chariot comes through and sucks him off of the planet. Only two people in the Bible that never died, and he was one of them. The chariot of fire comes and sucks him up off of the planet, but as he's going, he drops his mantle down upon Elisha. And the Bible says that Elisha took that mantle. And the reason he took that mantle is Elisha asked him, he says, listen, you've been serving me. You've been helping me. You've been following me and washing my feet and taking care of this and getting food for me. You've been you've been helping me what is it that you want from me and Elisha said I want a double portion of your anointing he said that stuff that you've got from God I want twice as much of it and Elijah says listen you've asked for a very hard thing but if you'll stick with me until I leave what you ask for I'll give you so the Bible says that many times Elisha tried to shake him off and was like you stay here I'm going to Jericho and Elisha said I'm not staying wherever you go I'm going and then he would say all right I've got to go to Gilgal you stay here he says no wherever you go I'm going and the Bible says that even though he tried to shake him off he just refused to leave this assignment that he knew God had given him this assignment but the day came when the chariot came. The Bible says that he threw his coat or his mantle down. And Elisha picked up that mantle and smote the river. And the Bible says that the whole river. We always hear about, you know, crossing the Red Sea. It happened more than one time in the Bible. And he smote the river with that mantle. And he said, uh, I summon or I'm calling on the God of Elijah. And the Bible says that he walked across. My point is, listen, sometimes promotion comes from the Lord, but it doesn't come the way that we want it to come. Sometimes it comes through trial and comes through fire and comes through adversity. And it comes through you uh, doing what other people aren't willing to do, don't want to do. The last one, number five. Instructions come from the Lord or in other words some things God wants to tell you but he'll only tell you through someone else I believe there's going to be many people that are going to get to heaven and they're going to say God I never knew why didn't you tell me and he said I told them and you were supposed to be in relationship with them because my voice many times comes through other individuals and I sent you to that place to that church to that time but you left before and the instructions that you were supposed to receive you never got because you broke 
that relationship. Not just church, but could be any, any different facets of your life. You stand before God and you say, God, you never told me to do that. I didn't know that I was supposed to do that. And he say, yeah, but I told them. And if you would have hung in that relationship, then the instruction would have came through them and you wouldn't be here right now saying, I never told you. Because the reality is, it is God uses people. It's not good for man to be alone. You need uh, other people in your life. We all need people, not just spouses, but we need friends. I'm telling you, there's people just in this church, just in us being down here the past couple of years. It's like, that's a divine relationship. And, and we have an opportunity to nurture that relationship, take care of it, respect it, honor it, or we can dishonor it, not take care of it, not nurture it. But, but it's the will of God. We're going to do shindigs here in just a couple of weeks. And we'll be teaching on, uh, we'll be moving along these lines. We'll be teaching on honoring, honoring each other, honoring the poor, honoring those over you. Encourage all of you to be involved. Any closing remarks? Just one thing I want to make sure. Um, I don't want anyone to go away today thinking that we're talking about relationships. Uh, and and it, it, it would all be tainted from, uh, you know, I want this to be profitable to me. A lot of times you, you hear that or it gets pushed in that direction as far as, you know, grade your relationships and those that aren't profitable, you cut them off. That's not at all what we're saying today. But just like those five things that he listed, two are better than one. So when you come up in a storm in your life and you have somebody that you are yoked with, either uh, a friendship relationship or a marriage relationship, when a storm comes and you fall or you flat just, just fall over your own mistakes, somebody is there to help you back up. You're, you're there to, and sharpened by someone that may be challenging you in your life or your life might be saved just like in the instance with, with Rahab because you have a relationship or promotion. But in the same, it goes vice versa the other way. You could be the person that is there in a relationship that God has put you in. When they fall, you're there to pick them back up equally as important same thing iron sharpening iron you may be the one who is the sharper of the two and you're helping someone else to get sharp Amen. saving someone's life you may be the one that is able to extend cover over someone who needs cover when it is they're facing life or death whatever it may be uh and, and then for promotion you know of course this isn't just like you said in the beginning this isn't just uh, about us and for us in this room but there's been countless times when i can remember when we were living in alexandria when people would say oh you're kip burns son oh you're kip and sylvia's son you know could come on over to my house i got something i'm going to give you or or here come on i'm going to go come and fix your brakes for free or, or here's some free tickets to go do this there's been countless times when i can remember you know that people would come and say because of a relationship that his dad and mom had nurtured and had, had tended to that relationship and cared for that relationship, whether it was they were the sharper one or, or Kip and Sylvia were the sharper one, I don't know. But I know that he reaped the benefit from it. And me, I, I'm being yoked with him, we reaped the benefit. Our kids have reaped the benefit all the way from a relationship that their grandparents had established. So this goes far beyond really what we can even wrap our brain around. It, it, just, it, it just goes further than you can really even see. So it, it's important these relationships, if you've got someone on your bike who's, who's feet, you know, seated the other way facing backwards or somebody's got their feet propped up or somebody who's pulling in the same direction and going the same direction you're going, it matters. Amen. It's not good for us to be alone. Let's pray together this morning. Thank you, Father God, that you said it's not good, that even if we're functioning at our highest 
potential spiritually uh, every every facet of our life even if we're at our very best you've designed us to need people that we need each other that we need friends we need family we need people around us and thank you father god that you know how to supply that need you know how to bring people in to our lives that can sharpen us that can teach us character that can bless us that can help us get to the next phase of what you've called us to do thank you lord that you gather supernaturally and even right now i thank you father god that you're knitting the hearts of people together that you that you're knitting people together so that they'll be strong that there's strength in numbers i thank you father god that that even in our own church the fabric of our own church that you're sewing and you're knitting the hearts of people together so that we can go forward and do what you've called uh, each person individually and corporately to do